Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sci-Fi Watcher. Glad you could join us again on this Wednesday night. No Orville this week to talk about, so we are going to do a little Netflix show called Love, Death, and Robots. I'm Corey Shret, and that's Brian Lee. Brian, how's it going? Going good, Corey. I'm so excited to talk about this. Yeah, so we decided to attack this one, which seems intolerable. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, easy to attack. I, it was, you know, it wasn't like. 18 full-blown episodes of shows. Easily digestible. Yes, easily digestible. I've said that throughout the entire week, and I can't remember when I'm going to record the show. But yes, it's exactly what it was. And I'm so glad we are finally getting to this. And um, let's just get into it. Love, Death, and Robots. This was uh, created by Tim Miller. It's an 18-episode season. Episodes run between 6 and 17 minutes. Came out on March 15th, 2019. Now, we're going to... We have links in the show notes, but there was one story out there saying Netflix was experimenting with doing random orders or a specific playlist or whatever it was. Me and Brian went through them without control in the order that the Wikipedia article has them listed. And when we do this, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to read the brief description of the Wikipedia from Wikipedia verbatim, and then we'll just do quick, you know, analysis on each episode. We don't want to you know, spend too long on, we don't want to spend 20 minutes on a 10 minute episode and then literally have like a three hour show for you guys. I agree. All right, let's get into the first one here called Sunny's Edge. Um, now I'm not going to say who does it or anything like that, but uh, a woman named Sunny remotely controls a genetically engineered monster in underground gladiatorial game battles. A rich man offers her a lot of money to lose, but she refuses. After she wins the combat, he comes back to make her pay, only to discover he got things very wrong. That is was a good one to start with, actually. It was a good way to start the whole anthology. I agree. Uh, it started off with a bang. It did. And and this, obviously, is, you know, within the first few minutes that there is adult content <laughs> in this show. Yeah, a good primer of what you're in store for. Sex, nudity, and violence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and drugs are in there, too. Yes. <laughs> and language. Lots of language. Language, lots yeah, of language. This, yeah. this very is, adult. Yeah, very, very hard art rating on some of this stuff, in my opinion. There. Uh, uh, what'd you think of this well, first one? I mean, I mean, I, I love uh, the art style of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the way it was animated. Um, I also love the story. I mean, the story was pretty good. I like the story. The Wolverine part, I wasn't a fan of. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a shock factor to me, though, but I was like, ah, no. There's a lot of shocking moments, and and uh, the shock, or not the shock, the, you know, the reveal at the end, I had not, I did not know that was coming. No. I did not know. Which I like. Which I like. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, everything about this one was really good, and uh, of course, you know, right away, there's like lesbian kissing and uh, nudity, and you're just like... Okay, I'm a big boy now. I guess I get to watch the big boy shows. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, thank you for letting us know what we're going to expect for the next 17 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Yeah, let's just get out of the next one. Three robots. After the destruction of humanity, three robots wander through a seemingly abandoned city trying to understand how humans lived based on their limited knowledge of them and the things they left behind. The surprise comes when they meet a cat. One of the many cat episodes that you had talked about. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which is not like a huge theme, but it's it's a theme. You see like four or five, maybe three, four yeah, I mean, episodes. Yeah. Um, I thought this was a cute one. I thought this was hilarious. I thought it was funny. 
even the whole X bot joke mm-hmm. about uh, one of the robots being related to, you know, a game console. And that was his granddad or something like that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting that th- I, I was, you know, to me, I was like, why, why don't these robots know more about the human, human race and stuff? They, it's like they have very limited knowledge. I don't know if it's because the type of robots they are or what. Well, what I equate it to is like uh, people from today looking at prehistoric man. Mm. You know, because basically these robots are a creation from humans. They mm. talk like humans, but just like we're uh, ancestors of Neanderthals. And we're like, why did they do this? This seems strange, you know. <laughs> Yeah, this was this was a fun one. I was it was totally like a 180 from the last episode and I was just like, "Oh, oh, okay. This is cute." Yeah. Like is this going anywhere? No. Let's just let's just let, let's see how these silly robots figure out what what we used to do when we were alive. Also on this one, another one of these like a reveals at the end. I didn't expect the reveal on this one either. No. No. It was like it was a, a wow factor. It was a cute wow factor. And uh definitely enjoyed that. All right, let's move on to The Witness here, which is actually the, one of the two original stories where a woman witnesses a murder in a building in front of the hotel where she's staying. A cat and mouse game begins when she comes eye to eye with the murderer. Now, this one threw me for a loop because I, <laughs> no pun intended, but because <laughs> I was kind of scratching my head with what's going on here because you don't get a lot of information. You get okay, this lady uh, wakes up and she she thinks she sees a murder happens and she thinks the murder is after her. And it, like you said, cat and mouse game. And it just kind of, you know, progresses from there. The information is given to you in little bites. Um, love the art style on this as well. Uh-huh. Agreed. I think out of all of them, I, I think this is the most unique art style. I will agree with you on that. The, yeah, the animation or whatever you want to say on this is totally different than all the other ones. The other ones like, oh yeah, that's a knockoff of this or I've seen that before or whatever like that. But yeah, this one I really like. How how far into this did you get before you realized the the ending to it? Um probably when she circled back around and was back in the building, I'm like, "Oh, she's in that building again?" Yep. Yep. Oh, wait, huh? I was thinking that's that's you got it at the same point I did too. I'm like, I bet you that's where this is going. And then boom, like, okay. So then it, then it makes me wonder. I don't think he was after her for nefarious reasons. It was more, I think he was because it seemed like he was more like he wanted to tell her something. Well, the thing is, this this is one of those episodes that is like not explained at the end. You're left with questions. You're like, was this a loop? Is this a game? Is this a VR experience? You know? Yeah. Because I, I think basically it would have just kept going over and over again. I didn't think th- I didn't think there was going to be an explanation. It was more of a, what do you think? Yeah, and I you like have it. to interpret this. Yeah. I like it. I like that. So that that was that was a fun one. Uh, the next one's called Suits, where a small community of farmers pilot mech suits to defend their farm from an invading swarm of insectoid aliens. And I told you this before. I didn't think I would enjoy a story that in- involves farming. <laughs> no. This one blew me away. Yeah. The animation was tr- traditional animation, not anything out of the ordinary. But the whole thing when they're talking about a breach and then what happens afterwards, I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Every second I was like, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. You know. 
And I, I and I was wondering if the scarecrow was going to play a part of it at all. And and yeah, of course, yeah, it does. <laughs> but yeah, it's like because he's like he makes a comment about the scarecrow. I'm like, hmm. I'm like, okay. And then we get back to that point. And then I love at the end when when they they zoom out and you see the entire area. Yeah, and you're like, ooh. And this one right here, this one deserves to be fleshed out. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want to see this world again and again and again. Me too. This was totally unique. Nothing I would have expected to see. I was, you know, the other ones are like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see this kind of happen. Oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. I've seen something like this. This is like farmers fighting aliens, <laughs> farmers versus aliens. Mm-hmm. And it was great. It really was. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Sucker of Souls, which is uh, awakened by an archaeological excavation. A bloodthirsty demon fights a crew of mercenaries. Um, this is one of those ho hum episodes for me. Yeah, I I mean they were going through the motions. Yeah, I mean you kind of knew what was going to happen. One of those episodes, you know what's going to happen. You're just waiting for the end to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the surprise was, you know. Again, once again, cats. You know. I love the one scene where they're trying to find the cats and the cats are busy humping. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just like, that's funny. It's got a couple of good moments, but I mean, it's it's kind of forgettable. It's your traditional, let's go into like King Tut's p- tomb, pyramid, whatever thing. And, you know, obviously the mummy, whatever comes after you. is That's what it felt like. It felt like the mummy type of movie. Or like an Indiana Jones or, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, Laura Croft. I mean, it was all that. It was like nothing. And the animation was nothing to be impressed with. And it was just like, okay. A lot of cursing, which was funny. Yeah. But yeah, this was like, I was just like, yeah, yawn. Not really a fan of it. Mm. Nothing, nothing, nothing there that really made me want to go back and watch that one again. Yeah. Let's go on to the one called When the Yogurt Took Over. Yogurt developed by scientists becomes sentient and takes over the world. Now, this was a what the F? Like, huh? Yeah, this is a WTF episode, and it wasn't a good WTF episode. No. Well, first of all, I was turned off because, and I had to look up the name, Maurice LaMarche did the voice over, and it, he's uh, he's the brain from Pinky and the Brain. That's what I know him from. Oh my god! I guess that that's perfect casting, right? It is, but I was just but once I that voice is so distinct, I'm like, uh, okay, never mind. Um, but it was cute, but I don't know, it wasn't really lasting. I wouldn't watch it again. It was too long as it was. I was just like, okay, so yogurt tells them what to do, and like, where's this going? And they didn't go anywhere. It's it's kind of like a morality thing, or it's it's making a statement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like uh, okay. The cute title. I think someone just had a cute title, and they fi- they figured they'd run with it. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to Beyond the Aquila Rift. Uh, Blue Goose's crew, Tom, Susie, and Ray, are on a mission to reach Beyond the Aquila Rift, but an error in the routing plot causes unexpected events to happen. That's a good summary there. Pretty much. That's pretty much it. No, but I I actually dug this one. I dug it for the the art style. Mm-hmm. Um. It looks ultra realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was watching this, I was thinking of that that movie Final Fantasy. If you ever watched that, yeah, a spirit within or something like that, where they couldn't get the uh, the uncanny valley to work. Right. I think this one, you know, they got it to work. Even the sex scenes and all that, you know, 
Very adult. Very. This was probably one of the most adult ones. But I, I, I liked the concept that they did mm-hmm. of what would happen if you, uh, like they said, they had an air in their routing and they went way too far out and they get trapped by a sentient life form. I don't know what I you guess. call these life forms. Yeah. Sentient spider life form. Yeah, something like that. I mean, when we see what they are, they're, yeah, they're like, I, I wrote spiders down because that's pretty much as close as you can get to it. But it, it tripped me out, man. It was, it, it got in my head. I mean, it, ha- it had some traditional, you know, let's go to sleep. We wake up, something happens. Traditional sci-fi adventures, which we've seen a million times. Um, yeah. Um, the off off route thing, okay. But yeah, I like the whole idea that it was spiders and and uh, let's try again type of thing. Didn't work the first time. Yeah. But the fact that this, this life form was feeding off all these people all this time, you know? Right. Um. And I didn't believe it when when the uh, life form was like, I, I love you so much and I want, just want you to be happy. No, I'm feeding off you. Yeah. Yeah. Just I call BS on that part. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to good hunting. In early 20th century China, a boy becomes friends with a shape-shifting Hula Jing. Oh, however you say that. After his father. Right. Okay. After his father kills the mother. Years later, living in a steampunk Hong Kong, they find each other again. Okay. Yeah. So you. You're familiar with the Japanese stuff, and I guess it sounds like you know what this might be about. So uh, what's your perspective on this one? I mean, it started off really cool. Agreed. Um, when it was in the, the you know, the olden times before mm-hmm. they hit modern era. Right. I, w- I was digging it. But once they turned it on its head and did the steampunk aspect, I turned off. I was like, no steampunk for me. Yeah, the the present day thing, the whole the thing with her legs, and I was just like, yeah, I'm I'm kind of done with it. I wish they had stayed back in ancient Chinese time or whatever it was, just instead of trying to bring it forward. It was like, uh. yeah, the leap forward. I mean, they they made a little leap forward in in the modern times with like uh, trains and stuff, but when you put steampunk in there, it kind of just threw me out. Yeah, I just didn't like it. Yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people say they like good hunting. I'm like, I don't know why you liked it. It just wasn't. I mean, there's run. probably an audience. People that love steampunk will love this. Yeah, but to me, steampunk should be like in the 1800s type of thing. I don't know why. It's like. And she looked like Alita a little bit at <laughs> the end there mm-hmm. when she's in her body and, and just her head survived, you know, yeah. and it was. But it just wasn't for me. I'm sure other people yeah. like it. Yeah. I totally agree with you on that one. All right, let's move on to the dump where city inspector tries to convince ugly Dave to move out of his house, which is located in a dump. However, Dave and his pet do not intend on doing so. Uh, This was a cute one. It was, Um, it was different a little bit. I mean, I mean, not totally different. I I love the dog. I mean, yeah. And if you don't know, this is a short story by Joe Lansdale. Joe Lansdale is actually a Southeast Texas uh, writer. He did Bubba Hotep and a lot of other short stories. He also did did, uh, Happen Leopold series. So this looks like it's set in that. He always writes around that area, like Louisiana, the South. Uh Kind of feels like that. Yeah, the character was like really, I want to say redneckish, really Southern. Yeah, he tells redneck stories. And this was cute um i kind of knew what was going to happen yeah 
I I didn't into, but I I like how it comes. I love how at the end he goes, "You hang around the dump often enough, and the world comes to you." I love that yeah. line because he says that because <laughs> he doesn't want to leave because you stay there long enough, the world comes to you, and at the end it does. Um, yeah, yeah, this one was cute. It was cute. Uh, little disturbing when the the guy was going to the bathroom and uh, he gets grabbed. I'm like, oh, oh, oh no, no, no. Oh yeah, this was adult. Yeah, yeah. like whoa, Another adult series <laughs> kind of scared me there for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was fun. Um, I like the look of it, and uh, that was about it. Uh, hey, at least uh, Ugly Dave got the lighter. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Shapeshifters, where two close friends in the Marines with supernatural powers have to fight one of their own in Afghanistan. Werewolf story. Okay. I mean that's not all it is, but yeah. I mean that. What, what do you take out of it? I, re- I mean it's. I mean there's friendship and loyalty there, but I mean, it's good werewolves versus bad werewolf. Like, well, there's also like a military aspect of it, and uh, you know, a a a. This is kind of a morality thing, mm-hmm. like between the military and how they treat their people is right. also what they're trying to say. Um, I I read someone else's review of this so i'm kind of might be you know influenced by that but they kind of said at the end they were heavy-handed in how when he got back from killing the other werewolf mm-hmm. you know the general was just like totally negative and not cheering him on and like good job yeah you know i mean but he did lie to them mm-hmm. you know I, I but he know. did he did kill a werewolf that took out some of his other soldiers, you know, they could have had the, the other shoulders like, good job, you know, but it was just like very solemn and Mm -hmm. no talking except for the generals, you know? Yeah. But I, 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 and I did like the one part where he, he goes into the town and he's trying to sniff out this werewolf, the person that killed his friend. Mm -hmm. And I like that idea of it. Not just, not just like, like a dog sniffing out something. This is the way they portray that. I really, I really liked. And I like the whole thing of the transformation. It wasn't just, you know, Ooh, I'm a werewolf. It's like, they have to like pull off their skin or something like that. They, to fully become the werewolf or something. You notice that it wasn't just, Oh, I know. I I like that idea. And, uh, it made sense how he went there naked because clothes would just get in the way. Mm -hmm. Um, and the fights between the werewolves were visceral, man. Oh, yeah. That was very violent. I, I love that. I mean, that's something you probably couldn't do in a PG-13 movie ever. No, no. Yeah. And a little different take on the werewolf story, too. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Helping Hand, where an astronaut faces a life-and-death situation after an accident while spacewalking in orbit. First thing I was thinking of was, like, gravity when I watched this. Yes. I mean, I was thinking of gravity the whole time. I'm like, this is gravity. It's just a little shorter and let's do different things. But yeah. Um, and she was literally screwed at the beginning there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I mean, it was a sim- similar idea too. you know, like whatever was hitting, instead of hitting the space station, it's hitting her suit. And uh, kind of cliche ish, you know, she had four hours of air. Then all of a sudden, Boom, she only has like 14 minutes of air left, obviously. You know, we we've seen that a million times before. But I like the But f- she blacked out and then she woke up. I didn't know how much time had passed. Yeah, I know. It you, I, you don't really you can't really tell. Um without giving too much away. I like the fact that the um space people, whoever it is, they have like a emergency rescue team that could be there in like an hour. 
mm-hmm. which I like. It's like, oh, we're going to have somebody there in, in 59 minutes or whatever like that. I'm like, okay, that's cool that they they can do that. It's not just like you're up there by yourself, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like how this one went. You did or didn't? I did. I enjoyed, I liked how how the whole thing is. How is she going to try to save herself? She's only got so much time to do it. I liked it, but I also questioned it. I was like, would that really even work? Do you know? I don't think it would. I mean. What I, about just moving her hands? Well, <laughs> I, I, I I thought of that, but I'm thinking, can you can you do that with no, no, in, in a vacuum with no air? I mean. I don't know. That's why I don't know the science of it. I don't either. Yeah, I was, I mean, I was thinking like tourniquet thing. I'm like, maybe this could work, but I. I didn't think it would fully be able to work. And then the whole thing where, you know, she, uh, she figures I have to do this to save myself. And I'm just cringing the whole time that scene's going on. Oh yeah. I I was covering my eyes a little bit. I was like, I kind of look away and like, Oh God, I can't sleep. That was, it was yeah, very gruesome at that point. And even though it wasn't over the top, but it was still, I think it was just the thought of it made me. I want to find someone who answers that scientifically. Like, yes, this would work. (laughs) Yeah, good to know if you're in space. And I love the yeah. fact that the whole blackout's part of it too. Like, oh my, because I'm thinking to myself, there better be an ending to this. Did she? Did she make it or didn't she? Oh yeah, yeah. Because they 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 blacked it out for a second. I'm like, what? 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 No, 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 no. Like, okay, <laughs> you can't leave it there. I'm like, please don't leave it there. I'm, I'm glad they didn't. This was, yeah, this was a gravity with a few twists in it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to Fish Night, where two salesmen get stuck in the desert and discover that the desert is not what it seems at night. Um, kind of kind of knew where this was going when they mentioned what you know, well, what was here millions of years ago. And I'm like, okay, I, I I know where you're going with this now. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of knew, but at the same time, it was uh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, and then. But when the one guy's like goes out there and I'm like, did are they alive? Are they dead? Is what's going on here? It's like So when when he goes out there, he becomes part of them. And that's why when he was on the ground, um, you know, the fish went through him mm-hmm. just fine. But when he accepted to float with them, he became part. You notice he changed color. He came he became orange. Right. So he's kind of like I don't know, it reminds me of Pinocchio or something. Something. It was, yeah. It was. I was. I was not impressed with this one. It was kind of like. I thought it was cool visually. It was a cool visual thing. It was, but the story. Trippy. The story was not anything unique to me. I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I can see where you're going with this. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, bored. <laughs> All right, let's go into Zima Blue, where a reclusive artist gives a final interview after. Oh, you missed years. one. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, yeah. Everyone that everyone talks about Lucky 13, where a pilot recalls her missions aboard the dropship Lucky 13, which had already lost two crews before. Now, this is the one where everyone is talking about it. Everyone's talking about, be- I think, because it's it's got heart and it's got two actors in it, like real actors. Right. Um, the, the main lady is from Orange is the New Black, and I can't remember her name on the show, but yeah. You'll know her. Yeah, you know, I, I knew within seconds I see her face. I'm like, oh, that's so-and-so. Like, okay, that's her from Orange is New Black. Cool. Um, And I think it was, you know, it felt like it was one of the longer stories too, right? It did. It really did. It felt almost like like a 30-minute episode. This was probably the 17-minute one 
in this list. Yeah, it had like a beginning, middle, and an end. It did. Um, but I wasn't into it as much as people, from what I read online, were really into this one. I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it was my absolute favorite, but I enjoyed for what it was. It was kind of a, wow, this ship is alive kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You but, know? Which was like the moment I saw the like the security camera or whatever like that, I'm like, I think the, this ship is alive. And I'm like, yep, bingo. Mm-hmm. It's like uh interesting idea. I like the idea that, you know, the crews always died, but the ship comes back unscathed every time. Mm-hmm. And, and the, you know, the ship made a, I won't say that. Yeah. Sacrifice. And that was, that was, to me, that was obvious that it was going to go that path. Yeah. I'm like, here's what's going to happen. And there it is. And then bingo. Okay. All right. Oh, uh, that was obvious. Uh, yeah, it was a good story, but I don't know. I just, not as good as everyone else seems to make it. It's okay. All right, let's move. Now let's move on to Zima Blue, which a reclusive artist gives a final interview after 100 years. Now, this one was an acid trip to me. I <laughs> like, what? This one went out there. This one you had to watch. Um, it, it was it was kind of cool. Um, it reminded me of like uh, Aeon Flux art style a little bit. Yeah, liquid television here. I felt like we were watching a little bit of. Yeah. With the exaggerated features, like the people's feet are way longer than their torso. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was scratching my head with where they were going with this, and I had no clue they were going to end how they end ended. I, I love the idea. I love the whole idea of Zima Blue, how he's drawing things that are blue, and it gets bigger and bigger, and basically like plant-sized things. And then but we- it gets to a point where he's like, I'm bored, I think. Yeah. And I love I – love- his explanation of why he's doing this mm-hmm. and, and, and then you actually see it happening. And I'm just like, wow. Yeah. That they actually went there. He went back to, from the cradle to the grave and back again. Yes. And I, I love that. And cause I love when he's telling the story and then, then he explains, you know, who he is. And I'm like, Whoa, I did not see that one coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, that's what I liked. It was just like, whoa, what a, what a little, what a nice turn. Mm-hmm. This was an interesting universe. I might want to see more from this universe. Oh, really? I didn't expect you to say that. Um, I mean, obviously Zima Blue is kind of like done with, but I mean, I think there's other stuff they could probably do in this universe. It's it seems interesting to me. All right, fair enough. All right, let's move on to the second original one called Blind Spot, where a cyborg crew attempt to rob a convoy. This one was. Just okay. This was basically let's 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 rob a, a moving vehicle before yeah. it gets to wherever it's supposed to get to. Wasn't really a high level concept. Nope. It's just three robots that need to get from point A to point B. They need to they need to steal this microchip, and these obstacles are in their way. Mm-hmm. Um, the the only problem with this one and what they could have improved on is we didn't get a chance to know these three. So we didn't really care about what happened to him. Nope. No. You know? No. And of course you always have the rookie and the the one smart Alec guy. It's, it's a little too cliche-ish. A little too cliche. And then the thing at the end we're like, okay, there was no what do you call it? Ops I mean no consequences for no. what happened. No. <laughs> and, and it's like we don't know what's going why they're doing this or whatever. It's just like I don't yeah. It was like all action, but the action was not even enjoyable in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
All right, let's move on to Ice Age. This is the only live action one on here where a couple who moved into an apartment finds a civilization inside an antique refrigerator. Uh, yeah. Seen this one before. This this is... this is Topher Grace, and I can't remember the, the uh, actress's as name. I scroll up very quickly. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one, seen this one before. So I, I was just like ready for... I'm like, I hope this is short because I don't want to watch this anymore. Yeah, it didn't go anywhere unique. I mean, yes, it's like a little civilization living inside the refrigerator. We saw this in uh, Men in Black. Mm-hmm. We saw this in Rick and Morty. This was a South Park episode too. I mean, it's it's not original. And I mean, the best part of this whole thing is when they're looking in the fridge, like maybe they're looking at us and thinking we're gods. <laughs> and they make a comment about about the two idiots. I don't know. I think they used an obscenity, but they. I'm seeing if I wrote, wrote it down. Um. Oh, they call them douchebags. <laughs> yeah. What are those douchebags looking at? I was like, I love that. I mean, that's the funny part. Another funny part. There's there's a Starbucks and they're like they got Starbucks everywhere, you know. But yeah, there was a little. Le- they were left with a little question mark at the end because mm-hmm. you're like, okay, what what's happening now? You yeah. Know? It's like okay, so it's just starting over. It's like I was like, mm, I didn't have any interest in this one. I was like, oh, Topher Grace is in this. Okay, this might be interesting. And I was like. Nope. I know where you're going with yeah. it. And you went there. It's just, it just cutesy. That was it. Yeah. It's cutesy that we've seen before. And we didn't need to see it again. This one, they could have literally left off this list. It could have been gone from here. And yeah. Yeah. don't even care. Definitely. So let's go on to the next one. Uh, alternate histories, multiversity, and alternate history research simulation app shows the viewer the death of Adolf Hitler in six different timelines on their welcome demo. I love this one. I always love the what if, the alternate scenarios. Yeah, this was a cute one. Yeah, cute, but I mean, I loved Adolf Hitler dying. Yeah, Adolf (laughs) Hitler. And they always end with somebody landing on the moon and who it is and when they land there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. That was a cool little tie in. And it's I love the the scenarios. The first one's like he gets killed at art school, but then there's like, you know, suffocated by gelatin and like, what in the heck? Yeah. They keep getting weirder and weirder. He always starts from leaving art school. <laughs> yep. And I love the sixth scenario. And what happens at the end of the sixth scenario. Where he, oh, yeah. Where the, the Nazis and the anti-Nazis show up and then somebody shows up and then, oops, that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> uh, very cute. I wish someone would make an app like this that if you could do that. Just like, well, let's have fun. Let's kill Hitler this way. Let's see what would happen. Well, we may we may get that. We might. This, never know. This was cute. I love it. It was it was cute. It wasn't a a story per se. It was just let's let's have fun with this demo and this app. Yep. All right. Let's get to the last one here called Secret War, where a platoon of Red Army soldiers hunt down the undead in the forests of Siberia. Um, this one was well animated. It was mm-hmm. very realistic looking. Mm-hmm. I liked the look of World War Two and and looking at the soldiers. Um. Actually, it was the creatures. Was it World War? Yeah, it was World War Two because they were talking about 1919 before. So yeah, it was World War Two. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the creatures though were just kind of ho hum, generic. Yeah, generic creatures. Um, I like how they use like some kind of a cult thing to raise them up from the from mm-hmm. hell. I guess that's you know? what it seemed like. Yeah. Um, but it was okay. It was just okay. Yeah, I was, I was like, "Is this over yet?" This was one of those like, "Is it over yet?" <laughs> I was like, 
I didn't care. I really didn't care about this one. Yeah. And you kind of saw where they were going mm-hmm. with it. And yeah. it was just kind of paint by numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Not an original story, just something that's been done many times before. This time they just decided to put it in World War II. With, with felt like a cutscene from a video game. Yeah, it did. It really did. It had that feel to it. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, and then, and then I'm glad this was it. I'm like, oh, thank God it's over now. Yeah, they did a good mixture of putting these together. You know, they kind of sprinkled in good with the bad. Yeah. Long with short. It wasn't, you know. So, which, 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 like I said before, it, it makes it easy to digest them. It's like you can do one or two of them, take a break for a couple hours or a couple days and come back. And it's not like, like, I have to watch the next one. You watch it whenever you feel like it. Yeah. So what did you think of the whole concept? You know, the whole idea of let's do an anthology of science fiction with totally different styles and different stories, et cetera, et cetera. I want more. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. This one you said took what? 10 years? Eight years? 10 years? 11 years. 11 yeah. years. Wow. 11 years to do this, which I can't believe. Well, it. I mean, I don't think they were working on it at all 11 years, but 11 years from concept to finish. And 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 if you look at, you know, the information, like look at the stuff, different animation producers do it. Different studios do different ones. So it's almost like you could go out there and say, hey, guys, give us your best shorts. We'll buy them from you and we'll put them in season two of this. I think they can. Yeah. Do a lot, I think they could spit out a lot of seasons if they can get a lot of good stories. And I think it's you, you need a good curator. So Tim Miller and David Fincher are good curators. They know something good when they see it. Right. And that's why I think this succeeded they, with their eye. Um, they made Blur Studios. So a lot of these were made by Blur Studios. Uh-huh. So those, you can probably look at those and say, okay, that's why that one was good. Right. Um, and this is something, this is a show that's designed for streaming services. Yes. This this wouldn't work anywhere else. The closest is this might work would be Adult Swim, but the problem with that though is you're stuck in the 11 minute window with Adult Swim. You you couldn't do this on regular television, first of all. And you have sensors. That's the thing. You have yeah. sensors. Yeah. This would be something. The only way they could do this would be like on HBO or like, hey, we have seven minutes here. Let's let's play an episode of one of these and just throw it in there for a few, for seven minutes or whatever. But yeah, I mean this is this is why streaming services were made for shows like this. And it reminded me a little bit of Liquid TV, if everyone remembers that. Yeah. Showing my age, but. Yeah. Back when MTV used to play music. Yeah. Yeah. Liquid TV was amazing. Yeah. Check that out. I have to go see if I can find some of those online and see how horrible they are nowadays. Yeah. Migraine boy. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. Let's get out of our wheelchairs and start talking. All right. So let's talk about our top three and bottom three. I guess we should start with our bottom three, which. What were your bottom three ones in this list that you just ugh, were not? I have a feeling we're probably going to be similar, but bottom three are when the yogurt took over, uh, Good Hunting, and Ice Age. Okay, so my number three was Fish Night because I was just like, ugh. Uh, number two was Ice Age, and number one was Secret War. It was too long and it was too predictable. Just, I mean, I thought they were okay, but I thought the ones. I picked were just like totally terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, we to each our own. All right. And what are your top three? Top three was tough. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Um, okay. Suits. Okay. Uh, the witness and three robots. 
Okay, so mine are suits, the witness, and I liked helping hands. I, I liked that one. That was Aww. a little different, a little fun. Um, yeah, so so at least we kind of agree on on what we liked in this. Yeah, there yeah. was there was a lot of in the middle stuff here. I'm gonna give a special shout out to Beyond the Aquila Rift because it was really disturbing. <sighs> yes, it was. And that that's something I can see them making into opening, expanding that universe up. No, if if I had to choose, it'd be suits. I want suits myself to be opened up, but I can see I can see beyond the Aquila Rift being opened up into a bigger universe of stuff. Really, what else could you do in that? Well, not just stick with the spiders and stuff. Oh, okay. I mean the technology and all that. I mean, there's other things you could do in that universe, not just the spiders specifically. Okay. Yeah. But I like suits. I mean, suits is my favorite. Farming. Come on. Have fun with farming. Come on. <laughs> that was so much fun. I think it was the characters too. The yeah. characters made it. Definitely did. So uh that's our our thoughts on uh Love Death and Robots. I, I hope you guys uh w- watch those shows and took heed to what we said and um let us know which By the way, we're gonna have some links in, in the show notes. So. Yes. Check out those links. Yeah, we have a couple links in there about this stuff. So uh, check them all out. And uh, let's thank Brian for being here. Brian, where can we find you online? I can find me on Twitter or Instagram. It's Brian Says. And of course, you can always find us at sayproductions.com slash sci-fi watcher for all your sci-fi goodness. That's where the show notes are for everything. Check out all the episodes we do over there. If you want to reach out to us, you can talk to us through email at sci-fi watcher at sayproductions.com. Or drop us a voicemail, 774-327-2948, 774-32-SAY-IT. That's it for this special Wednesday edition of Love, Death, and Robots. And until next time, have a good one.